Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we are joined for our second time with Dr. Nadia Brown. And Nadia is an authentic, bold champion for women business owners and those women who desire to become business owners. She's the founder of Doyen Leadership Institute, LLC. Through her coaching and workshops, she helps women break through the glass ceilings they encounter in business by helping them build profitable and sustainable businesses. When it comes to sales, women come to her timid and shaky about going after the money. They leave her strategic, strong, emboldened, and most importantly, paid. She is the author of Leading Like a Lady, How to Shatter Your Inner Glass Ceiling and Live with Her and Lives with Her Husband Toby in Phoenix, Arizona. So I've asked her to join us and come back here today because a lot of this is real pertinent and it's very important stuff for us to address, whether you're a man or a woman. It's that inner glass ceiling. I think that's a really important thing that a lot of people uh, underestimate, just that how how often we self-sabotage, how often we limit ourselves. So Nadia, I'm excited for this call and thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I am well. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, we almost weren't able to do this. I'm in the Philippines. The power was out for like 12 hours and it came on. Like just when we were supposed to do the interview, it was like it was like the world knew. Um, so we're like, yay, let's hop on and get this party started. So um, now, has anything really changed? Well, this is our second interview. The first interview, we talked about your history and how you got started. What have you been dealing with with a lot of your clients right now? What's kind of the trending topics that you're seeing as far as when it comes to entrepreneurship? Oh my gosh! Well, one of the things is as my as the sales agency continues to grow. I'm seeing a lot more folks asking questions around outsourcing their sales support, building their own sales teams. Um, So those are a lot of the conversations I'm having with clients now. Mm -hmm. Right, because that's the name of the game. And that's often where a lot of businesses struggle is in scaling sales. They might have one really good sales rep, but when they hire a fleet of people to sell for them, they don't know how to train them or they don't have proper processes in place. What are some of the big hangups that you're seeing? One is trust. A lot of entrepreneurs um, struggle with actually delegating it and letting it go. So even when Mm. they hire someone, the person's like, hello, put me in the game, please. (laughs) Mm. Got it. So what do you mean by that? Like they they aren't willing to spend the money to get the leads for the sales rep or like how do they expect the sales rep to just kind of do their own thing and magically have money appear or? I think it's a little bit of the magic, you know, it's like, well, you're here, but I think a big piece of it, especially um, as an entrepreneur has grown their business um, to a certain point, it's like, well, what am I doing? Um, you know, will, I, will this person be able to get the same results that I've been able to get right. um, with building my business? So I think that's a big piece, as well as are they going to follow my processes and take care of prospects and clients the same way that I would? Mm. So anyone listening to this, I think this is a really important point simply because I know that I one of my first mentors, uh, millionaire mentors that I ever had, he said, Daryl, you're going to have to understand that everyone is going to be a beta version of you. No one will be uh, no one will be you. And they're always going to do it in a beta, as a beta version. So the best you can do is have processes and training systems in place and benchmarks and, you know, and managed by objective, not so much how they get it managed by results. These are the results I'm looking for. How you do it, how you get there is kind of up to you. Is that something you would prescribe for a sales team or is that very much the wrong way to go about it? No, I agree. I think that, you know, a part of sales is building that relationship um, Mm -hmm. and it really encouraging sales reps to bring their personalities to the table and share their story and their experiences when they're having conversations with prospects. Obviously, there's a way to do that 
in terms of how the conversation flows. But I think it's really difficult if, you know, I'm doing sales for Daryl and I'm trying to be Daryl. I'm not Daryl, you know what right. I mean? So I, I still need to be able to be me, um, but in such a way that it's going to um, obviously uphold that standard for that company and yield the results that the, the business owner is looking for. So when it comes to one of the things I know that a lot of business owners are going to be wondering about is like, how do you teach someone to close? You know, <laughs> it's really interesting. So I think one of the things, though, is one, identifying the type of salesperson you need. Um, some people, they just need someone to kind of set it up for them and they can come in and close. Um, others are just like, you know what, just you manage the relationship and close. One thing that I do when I work with sales teams is I actually help them write or I write it out for them is their conversation guide. So I show them how to structure the sales conversation so that it leads to a natural close. And then what happens when... You know, because a lot of entrepreneurs sometimes just don't even ask for the sale. Like that's one of the basic ones. Remember to ask for the sale. And then when you state the investment, be quiet. Like if you don't mm -hmm. learn anything else, those two are major. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm, I'm writing this down. I, I, as I always encourage my, my listeners, hopefully you have a pen and paper. You said something that you just brushed over really easy, quickly. And I think this is a really important point. Uh, a really important part. You talked about having a conversation guide. So this is like a structured template where therefore it's not like a conversation someone's having just willy nilly. And you said that it leads to a natural close. And I love that. I love that so much because one of the things that I feel like helps so much is like asking questions is such an important part of any sort of sales process where it's not about the sales rep. It's about, and forgive me because you're the sales professional here but it's often letting people lead themselves to their own conclusions, asking the right types of questions where the need for your product or service is really identified in, like it's not what you say, it's what a prospect hears. So, and then depending on how complicated the sale is, if there's multiple parties involved, if you're trying to sell to an, some of the listeners here, maybe they're trying to sell to an enterprise, you might meet with one rep, but you're relying on that one rep to go and speak to the rest of the team and pitch your idea to them. So you really need to use questions to help bring out the most, like the best things for that person, because there's no way you're going to guess them all. Right. And so I love right. this, that how you said have a conversation guide. So a structured flow to a conversation, which leads to a natural close. And I think that that's so important because it'll either lead to a natural close or to lead to, you know what, maybe this product or the service isn't right for you. Based on the way you've answered your questions, this maybe, you know, this maybe might not be a good fit, which comes back to the trust, which I think you were talking about was between the entrepreneur and the sales reps, but integrity and trust in business in general are yeah. super important. So, and then uh, staying, shutting up after you mentioned the price. Is that, is that really tough? Like why? Like, <laughs> Okay. Oh my gosh, you will not. So one of the things that I get to do, Daryl, is I do sales call audits. So I have clients that send me recordings of their sales calls. You would not believe. Yeah, it's that hard sometimes for some people. They they may if they state the investment. So first I got to get them to ask for the sale, and then I need them to just be quiet while that person decides how they want to move forward. Right, right. Ask for the sale. Be quiet. Right. Because that's someone's got to figure out their own thing, and I and I know there's the the tendency to fill the void mm -hmm. for the conversation. So, any tips for that? Like, 
Oh, yeah. The one is, you know, remember to be quiet. I don't care where you have to put the reminders. If you do, because a lot of our conversations are over the phone, put your phone on mute, take a sip of water. Like, you just have to learn to deal with the discomfort because I have been on calls where that silence felt like it was like 10 minutes. (laughs) Like, it was a long silence. Um, But I've also learned through experience that a lot of times that person is really working through how to make it work. And if we jump in because of our own insecurities, then it completely jacks it up. So it's important that whatever technique works for you to just be quiet and let them work through it. Right. Yeah, that that makes sense. So, um, and of course, it's probably one of those things like, you know, doing push-ups where there's depths, different depths of knowledge, I should say. So I, I don't know why I jumped from push-ups up, but it's where uh, knowledge comes with experience, right? So in the beginning, you know, you're just going to have to lose. And that's where a lot of business owners listening to this, <clears throat> if you need a team, you, you like to grow your business. I've just, you know, I just recently onboarded a few people because I realized I was getting stuck in weeds myself because I know how to do all this stuff, but I was not meeting the deadlines that I'd set for certain things. And it was because I gone back to trying to do everything myself, not everything, but done a lot of it myself. And now the mission is get everything off my plate. Like, don't do anything, Daryl, other than lead the team. Like, that's it. You, you know, be the conductor. And that's, you know, multiple streams of income will come from multiple teams of income. So you really have to put your faith in other people. And, and you know, there's there's upsets that come with that. And it's it's part of the name of the game. You know, there's staff is a huge pain point for a lot of business owners. They've got unreliable staff or entitled feeling staff and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you do your best with software and tools that you can. But at the end of the day, a company, all a company is, is a group of people solving the pain of another group of people. It's all people based. You're not there's not going to be some, you know, zeros in one environment where you're not going to have to interact with anybody. And if you don't duplicate yourself, if you don't find a way to duplicate yourself and replace yourself and replace even the people you're hiring, you're at risk. You know, if you get hit by a bus, if you get hit by a van, if your power goes out. And you're not able. Right. To, you're not able to work. What's going to happen? One's the worst number in business, and so you have to. It's almost like a. a as much as people like save for retirement, invest in their future for retirement. You almost need to invest in the people that will become part of your team to help run your business for you. So, I think that's really, really powerful. Um, so there's a couple of issues that tend to happen, and I don't know. I might be. I don't want to step outside the swim lane, but. When it comes to generating leads for a sales team, how do you know when you're ready to hire someone as a sales rep? Like, do you have to have some sort of standards of, like, because I know another problem issue that a lot of people have with sales teams is they hire someone, but then they can't keep them busy. You know, they don't have enough leads for them. Or there's mismatched expectations. I know another scenario where um, there is a sales agency and they had expected a full calendar of appointment set, but it was sort of unrealistic based on the situation to have just that they could just show up and sit down with qualified prospects all day. Like they weren't going to have to do any prospecting. So any guidelines for navigating that for someone that maybe isn't super savvy in it? Yeah, I think first is just understanding your business, understanding the ebbs and flows. Um, You know, some of the clients I support, you know, they have set launches. So I know that there are certain times of the year where I'm super busy and other times where I'm not as busy. I think the other piece to that, too, is how do you generate leads? Um, Are you good at it? You know, not everyone has a good process in place right now that's good for generating leads. Mm -hmm. So you may need to bring someone on your team 
who has that expertise. Um, and they're also good at being able to go out and hunt for leads and identify them. And then, you know, if they can close them, great. If not, they can always hand them off to someone else who's a closer. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really understanding your business model. Um, I personally have a bias that you as an entrepreneur, as the business owner needs to know how to sell your products. Mm -hmm. um, and so once you get your business gets to a certain level, it's like, okay, I'm busy dealing with, like you said, leading the company, being the visionary of the company. If you're a coach working with my actual clients and you don't want to get caught up in that cycle of feast or famine. So that's a great time to bring on a sales team and bring on some support so that you always have a full client roster. Mm -hmm. You hit such an important, such an important uh, point there. It's not even a bias. It's, it's really, um, it's really, really, really important. The business owner must know how to sell their own product or service. This point has been reiterated by more than just you, other guests as well, that that is such an important key factor that the business owner needs to be in tune with what their prospect needs, wants, and be able to have that conversation and really help sell it because they, like you said, if they're going to be the leader and all that, like, it's so important. It's so important because otherwise they're really just looking to, to delegate responsibility and you, in a mm -hmm. way that you can't in business. You know, business is going to hold you so accountable to finances. I mean, most people can't balance their own pocket budget. You know, imagine if you had to balance your company's budget and your budget and your staff's budget because they're often coming to hit you up for advances or, you know, they need some money or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just affects life, right? So it's the same way that this was such an important thing. The business owner must know how to sell their own product or service. Can you explain why you're biased that way? Why you said that? Yes. One is I get I receive, you know, a lot of times when people find out that my agency will um, have the, has the capability of out doing outsourced sales. I get some of those folks who are afraid to sell, and I'm like, nope, that's not what we're here to do. Right. Um, to manage that for you. The other thing is when you bring someone on, part of what you're training them to be on the lookout for is who's a good fit. So I love when you talked about like understanding your client or your prospect and their needs and what it is that they're looking for, but also who's a good fit for your company. So that they're empowered if they talk to someone who's not a good fit to say, you know what, you're not a good fit for whatever it is that we have um, going on in this company. And so it's really important that then you as a business owner can model it, but then you're not held hostage. So should anything, like you said, go wrong and you need to be able to step in to, you know, if you lose a person or someone gets sick or whatever happens that you can step in and still carry that until you're able to replace that person. Yeah, I've, I made that mistake once. I tried to hire some girls uh, out of California and I didn't know how to sell my product or service. This is years ago now, not to say that I've I've maybe perfected everything now, but it's it it was such an issue because again, like you're the one that's supposed to be training, you're the one that's supposed to be leading the, leading the charge. You should know what the quality of the leads are coming in. Like as a business owner, you can't get it. You, you need to know all the ins and outs of every area of your business. You really do. You may not have to be, it may not have to be your superpower, but you have to be able to like, you know, step in and at least tread water. And that's part of why it's so important. I mean, if, if business was a sport, you know, the franchise player, the player that everyone, like the famous player, the Kobe Bryant, the Michael Jordan, 
That is the rainmaker, the person who can bring in leads and sales, because otherwise everyone else is sitting around twiddling their thumbs. And there's different philosophies. There's some people like Elon Musk or Greg Glassman, so Elon from SpaceX and Tesla and Greg Glassman from CrossFit, that are like, you know, they're not big fans of marketing, they're product people. And so in every business, you need a product person, you need a marketing and sales person, and you need a finance and operations person. And typically, when someone's all about one thing, they think that it's more important than the other areas. And you need all three areas. But the reality is, if you can't do something, like even Elon and Greg Glassman, these guys, they were like sleepers for 20 years. And then, you know, and then they get notoriety over all those years. If you want to have a faster path to success, you could have the world's, the world's business, uh, sorry, the business graveyard is littered with world-class products and services nobody knew about. Yep. And that's where you have to be able to make the rain. You have to be able to keep your staff busy. That's why, part of why you need the team. Because there's, you know, you're putting a group of people, the idea is, is you're putting together a group of people you know, to, or even if, imagine if you're building a car wash, like you invest all this time, energy, and money to set up this automated car wash. So now this thing is capable of cleaning cars, but it's not doing anyone any good if it's sitting there not being busy. So your job as a business owner is to get people lined up all day, every day to go through the car wash, you know, and if it's a business, if it's a dentist office, I mean, these people want to make money. Everyone wants to make money for sitting around doing nothing. But the reality is these people need reliable work if they're parents in any way, shape or form. You know, if they've got sick parents, you know, if they've got kids or they have sick parents, they need regular income. They need work to do. They're not just going to try to sit around, twiddle their thumbs and make money. And so, all right, you train them up. You know how to deliver this product or service. But now what? Right. Like they're you know they're they're just hanging out waiting like that's where you got to make it rain so that's why yeah. this isn't something you can just abdicate to somebody else go get a job and go work for someone who can make it rain if you're not willing to figure that out and that's a harsh statement but i i think it just comes back to that you know you you have to like this is the real game you know the product or service it, it can be easy to subcontract that out um you still need to deliver quality products or services but it's it's that mm -hmm. that kills people you know, it's the ability to, to bring people. Sorry, I'm on a soapbox. I better get off. It's your interview, not mine. <laughs> but I just, it's that business owner knowing how to sell their products or services. I get that all the time. Hey, man, if you can come in and sell my stuff, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you 20% of everything you sell. Like, okay, that's great. But I need, like, I'm not in your business. I don't know the pain right. points. I don't know. Like, you got to tell me that stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I don't. I'm a dude. I don't. I don't buy what women over 50 buy. Like, you know, with like it's through PayPal. What was the one? I had one client they used uh, like PayPal had like a like a credit program, and that's almost like 80% of their product, their sales came through. They're like I don't know how that PayPal program works and why it's better. And like you just got to be able to t break that down for people. If you can give me a proven sales process, I can go get you another thousand sales done. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. but if you can't even sell yourself out of a paper bag. Your product. I know why you think it's so great, but can you convince somebody else it's that great? You know. Absolutely. So, all right. So, the other thing I'll add to that too, Daryl, is that good salespeople want to sell. Like they don't want to be sitting around doing nothing. They want to be in conversation right. and closing deals. Like that's where they shine. And so, when you have someone like that on your team, type that type of resource. Do whatever you can to, to, to generate those qualified leads for them because that makes them happy. And, of course, it helps your business, too. Yep. Now, can we talk about lead quality a little bit? Because this is – there's always – there's like a, a – it's like the yin-yang where sometimes one side's bigger than the other, you know. Mm -hmm. But marketing and sales, like, hey, the leads – 
are garbage. No, the leads aren't garbage. You're not closing. Like I've, I even just talked to a friend about this. They worked with a big name guru. Oh, this guy is a sales guru, big name, old guy. Guy's been in the game like a thought leader for like forever. I mean, he's ancient. Like he's been, he's like been in like the 1900s, you know, like the early 1900s. Um, and he said he was generating all these leads for this guy's, you know, $5,000 program. Like we'll say 50, 60, 70, 80 leads. And this, the guy, the sales reps they had couldn't close a single deal. And they're like, this dude, I'm just keeping names out, but they're like, this dude has been around for like 60 years as a sales expert. You can't sell his 5k sales training program like what is going on and so there's this battle of leads versus lead quality can you speak to that at all like is i don't know oh, if there's a way to, to help validate the quality of the leads you know when the quality goes up the flow tends to go down because you're just you're you're getting mm-hmm. more details more sp- like we're we're, we're yeah yeah I, I feel you i've been there <laughs> oh my gosh have i been there i think you know, there are processes that you can put in place, like you said, um, as you're looking to improve lead quality. So a lot of times you may see clients that'll add like an assessment or an application process that they kind of weed people out through that process. And then you're looking for certain questions, the way they respond so that you're talking to the concept is to talk to more highly qualified leads. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen it where teams just leave it wide open. Anybody that wants to say yes or have a conversation can. Um, those aren't always qualified leads. I like to call a qualified lead, obviously someone that fits the, um, that is in need of that, whatever that avatar, if you will, is for that product or service. But also it's a big timing thing. Are they at a place where they're ready to, to do the work? Cause a lot of times you work with coaches and it's not all done for you. Like you don't get to lay on a leather couch and there's some work that you have to do and also have the resources or are willing to find the resources. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's a qualified lead. When I'm on a, in a conversation with someone like that, then we can move them to a buying decision, an affirmative one, like where you're like, yes, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen sometimes it's just like, no, this person is not a good fit. Where and on earth did they, like they're just, they're not qualified. Like they just don't even fit. For example, I spoke to a woman just yesterday for one of my clients, um, we one we had a massive language barrier, and he is a speech. He teaches people about speaking and how to structure their signature talks and how to get on more stages. And I'm like, there's a massive language barrier in that she did English was not her first language. Mm. And then her thing was she wasn't qualified because he wants to work with people who know what they're selling. So he's not a business coach. His focus is on people that want to get on more stages to get in front of more of their ideal clients. But the the kicker is they need to know who their ideal client is and what Mm -hmm. it is that they're selling. She didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So then in the conversation, I was like, you're not ready for what we have to offer because she just wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, She just wasn't a qualified lead. Um, So I think it's really getting clear in your marketing and when you're opening it up, like here's who I'm looking for, whether it's in the copy when you're speaking from a stage or even in the application process, like really taking people through those that process to get really clear on who should even be granted a conversation with your sales team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a quick fix for anyone that's, if, you know, like generating a lead is important because it gives you permission to communicate and contact that lead. And it gives you some sort of 
um, conversation focus point. So if I generate a lead around giving a quote for something, if I generate generate a lead because they've requested a white paper or an ebook or something like that, typically there's a focal point of the conversation, even if it's been a sweepstakes, like a giveaway. What are you giving away? That person has an interest in the in the in the category. You know, if you're giving away free movie tickets it's different than if you're giving away you know a free tropical cruise vacation like so there's a focal point for the conversation and once you get the conversation going now you can try to to qualify this person and so generating leads can be different than qualifying and those are good it's good to think of two stages opening the the sale and closing the sale and in opening the sale it's about gathering a pool gathering imagine that you're in a marketplace you're trying to get you know even if you're a busker or something you're trying to get a crowd around you and that's the opening the sale you're trying to collect a group of people to get their attention and then the closing the sale part it's weeding those people out for like exactly what Nadia was saying the right timing of the pro like the issue that they can afford to pay it all these sorts of things and that's where a lot of people are liking to use webinars but where it's happening now, what I've seen a lot of now is if anyone does use webinars for this, is webinars aren't necessarily good on the front end. Use something else that's cheaper and you can get more leads with uh, versus a webinar. And then use the webinar to qualify people around that pain point. And in the beginning, you might not even be ready for a webinar. You might just be needing to get people on the phone and have 100 phone conversations before you can get dialed in on what you need to do. And that's kind of the work that people maybe don't want to do. but that's the work it's going to take to get the messaging dialed in and get familiar. So that and the yeah. major killer for a lot of businesses, being, and I've and I've not only experienced this but I've seen it. You know, like we said, a business, all a company is, is a group of people solving the pain of another group of people, either via via product or service. The, one of the major killers is your group of people are sitting by themselves, you know, like off the side of the playground, so to speak you know, eating their lunches together, not talking about anybody, not interacting with anybody. They actually need to be in the middle of the cafeteria. They need to be talking to everybody. Like they have to be where the people are. And that's a huge, 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 huge thing. That's one of the reasons why uh, surveys have been really popular for trying to generate leads, surveys and quizzes, because mm -hmm. it, it brings to light two parts of this problem. One, can you get 100 people to fill out your survey? If you can't, how are you supposed to get 100 customers? And so that, like, it really gets people focused on, like, a major, and it's easy to instead focus on, you know, your, your logo or your product, all this stuff, but can you get 100 people to fill out a survey on your topic? No? Yeah. Then where are you going to get those, right? Like, that, you need to figure that out. That's, where's the lifeblood of traffic going to come from, you know, that you can feed on your business? And then the second part is, in the survey, you kind of can get to learn which questions matter, which ones don't, and... And what people need so I think that um, so there's not really there's not really a, a golden rule so to speak in lead quality you know you can just start off with name and email or just phone number and then something you have to work out with your your sales team which again I think could be helped by having an owner who knows how to sell their own product or service do you have any tips for anyone that's afraid of sales <laughs> My tip is to take exactly what you just said about having a hundred conversations. I tell people when you're afraid of sales and you're still in that, that space to just have a hundred conversations and go after a hundred no's. Um, because you, like you said, you learn so much. One, you, you, you build up the muscle to hear a no, 
two, you learn so much value from just having the conversations, what to say, what's a really a pain point. How does your ideal client actually describe their problem versus how you describe their problem? Um, and you just get over, you work through all the kinks of having really awkward conversations. Like after a while, you just get really good at it. Um, mm -hmm. You get the practice. But a lot of times when I've had clients do that, they get clients. So then they're just really excited that they took on the challenge. Like, oh, wait, this actually works. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fan. In fact, we should almost challenge all the listeners right now. In the next 30 days, try to have 100 conversations yeah. with 100 prospects. Because if you can do that, even if you only get 20 sales or even if you only get five sales, you will learn so much about what you're doing. And the, here's the thing is that nothing will convert as well as a face-to-face, kneecap-to-kneecap conversation, right? Everything else is going to be a percent of that. If you can close two out of 10 face-to-face, kneecap-to-kneecap, you're going to close way less via webinar or a teleseminar or over the phone or a, over a sales letter or a video sales letter or, you know, whatever these things, even from stage. Nothing will convert as well as a one-on-one face-to-face conversation, right? The second best thing is a one-on-one, you know, face-to-face -face kind of phone conversation. Like everything is a regression from that most intimate moment, like belly to belly. Yeah. And so I think that that's a really, really good thing. So you can make a web page and push, send people there, but it, you're not going to learn how to sell the product or service as well as if you talk to people. I think that's really important. I love that. That's like, that should become a fundamental for every business owner listening here. And even if they've already been in business for a while, it'd probably be worthwhile for you to get on the phone with a hundred people and just like, when was the last time you did that? Yeah. You know, game changer. Yeah. Game, total game changer. Well, that was how I paid my fear sales. I just started having lots of conversations. Right. And so did you find that you went through like a progression? Like in the beginning, it was you were nervous about a certain thing. And then after it was like, how, how did it how did it evolve for you? Oh, my gosh. First of all, I was a hot mess, Daryl. <laughs> All the mistakes I talk about with people, I was that person. I was afraid to ask for the money. I would talk myself down. I'm like, oh, well, it's $5,000, but for you, I'll do it for $2,500 or whatever. <laughs> this price, right? Um, I just went through all of that. And then, it, you know, it, it affected my business so much until it was like, you know what? My business is going to go under. So it was, I was at that place where you were like, get a job or figure it out. I was there. Mm. Um and then when I just took the challenge on, I had the opportunity to actually do sales for another team, but that just put me in conversation. That's all I did for days on end was talk to people day after day after day. And I realized when I was like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. This is so much fun. It's just a conversation. Like I'm just talking to regular people um, and those that are ready and are a good fit, they're saying yes and I'm making money. So it, it was that process, but the biggest thing was to have the conversations. Mm -hmm. A lot of them, like you said, in a short amount of time. Mm. So I was able to just spend days, like some days, eight hours, literally. And I live on the West Coast in the state, so I would be up East Coast time. So that would mean like my days might start at 5 a.m. my time, and I would just do sales calls all day. Right. Yeah, but man, that's just like for a lot of people, I mean – and a lot of people's businesses, that would be transformative. And, you know, and here's here's the next caveat. I know I'm going to hear this from some people, but they're going to like, oh, but my price point, it's, you know, it's not enough that it's worth me getting on the phone. I'm only selling a blank dollar item. You know, my items are only $10. Well, you have to think about this here. For anyone that's about to come up with that objection, I want you to understand a metric called lifetime customer 
value. And so this is where if you're selling a $10, one-off $10 product, is that like, first of all, you need to be in a high volume market space. You need to be like in the, the bit, like in the city center. You know, if you're selling watermelons and you better be in a really busy spot and you need to be selling watermelon all day, every day. So, ha, you know, so you could bang out a hundred conversations in a day or two, you know, like you need to be moving that kind of volume. And the second thing is if you're not, it's in that, in that sort of place, then you're probably going to survive on repeat business or having people come back and buy multiple things. Like you might find out that there might be a bundle or a package. Like you just don't know what's going to emerge when you talk to people, how it's mm -hmm. going to adjust your offer because it's your business isn't about what you want to do. It's about what the people want and need. And that's why it's so important to get on the phone and talk to these people. In fact, I'm already like making plans to get on the phone with more people myself because no matter how long you've been in business, it's like, I mean, things change, you know, like new, if, even if you were like a car salesperson or, you know, you, you, whatever, you're Ford, the CEO of Ford could probably learn a lot by getting on the phone and talking to people about cars because Tesla's kind of changed the game about things, right? Like people want mm -hmm. new things now. Back in what, what was it? Like the fifties, you wanted this massive gas guzzler, right? Now you won't, you don't, it's the total opposite. So it's, it's just such an important, valuable thing. And so lifetime customer value can help you justify why you're getting on the phone. You're not just making a $50 sale. That person might be a subscriber that'll be there for a year. And so, you know, 12 months, that's $600. So that's a $600 conversation. It's not a $50 conversation. And that's where you have to understand the real value of a client or customer. And even on top of that, there are lots of great tools that can help automate sales for people. But to make, if it's, it's garbage in, garbage out. Like if you have a terrible sit. I mean, even on that, if you are like, well, we sell primarily by our website or whatever. And a lot of our listeners are online, not all of them. But if you, even if you want to go that route, you need to figure out what the conversation is face to face, kneecap to kneecap, person to person first, because that's what you're going to need to put on your web page. That's what you're going to need to make in your, put, like talk about in your webinar. That's what you're going to make your stage presentation about. Like that's, you know, it's going to go in your teleseminar. That's, that's where all of this stuff is going to be based off of, which again comes back to the owner being able to sell their own thing. And not, e and not Amen. even like, Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, well, and not even just like a little bit, Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm on the soapbox, but like being really clear, being really clear about it. And maybe like you said before, there's different types of people. Like you said, mentioned before that there's a girl that didn't really know what her product was and, and, and another one that had like a language issue. Those may not be his, like your, the client, his main thrust of his business. But if right. you find that you're having a lot of conversations with people like that, maybe you could put together a beta program. Maybe you could refer someone and get a referral fee because if you paid for that lead anyways, you might as well make something off of them. You know, yes. so if you get them on the phone and you can't sell them your $5,000 package, well, you know what? Buddy over here has got a whatever, a $500 course or a $2,000 package and they'll help you with XYZ. Let me do the introduction and you pass off that warm lead and you already know the pain points you like you put you know put this give them the sale with a bow on top you know you could ask very easily ask for a percent of that but you won't find that stuff out if you're not talking to people so yeah i like that i like that a lot that's really powerful so now let's talk about how do you create a guided a conversation guide for people how does someone come up if they've is there a, a place to start 
if if someone's never got one going or maybe they've had one and they're not sure if it's you know maybe they need to revamp things and rebuild from scratch absolutely i one is um just having a powerful introduction that sets the stage for how the conversation will go so that it puts your prospect at ease they're not because you know they're thinking about well what's going to happen are they going to ask me for a sale or you know when are they going to ask whatever just let them know how the conversation is going to go and then have questions, a lot of just questions, options. Um, this is also a great way to really refine your process when you're having those 100 conversations because you'll learn which questions really help you to get to the problem, the root of the problem, and really understand how you can help that person. Because you may go into the conversation thinking that you're going to do one thing, but there may be some other things that need to take place or they may be better a better fit for even your higher price program. Like you may go in thinking they're your $5,000 client, they might be your $25,000 or higher client, right? So really having those questions in place to, to generate the conversation and get them to open up because when you put cl uh, prospects at ease, they will tell you a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you just have to be willing to listen. Um, so having a lot of questions, knowing your products and services inside and out, and not just how they work, but the transformation that they provide. Because you have to answer the question for that prospect, what's in it for me? And they don't really care what the process is going to look like until they know that you can help them get the transformation that they're looking for. Mm. Um, so those are really key pieces. And then, of course, your invitation, being a, asking for the sale understanding to be quiet, but then also what are some common objections that you come up against? Um, what are those questions that clients or prospects may ask because they need to better understand, you know, is this right for them? And so just taking a moment to think through those, is it a money objection? Is it a time objection? Is it whatever? Um, having the thinking through what those might be, what would you say in response to them? So some of that you can address before you even ask for the sale, but of course you'll have that section of the conversation where you'll be able to answer any of their questions or objections um, to then move it to a close. Mm, mm, mm. That's really, I think that's really important. And I think you, you hit all of some really important topics. So the introduction gets their attention. And like you said, it, it kind of sets the pace for the conversation. And I like it because it's, like you said, it, it puts them at ease. I mean, if people get telemarketed all the time, right? So it's like mm -hmm. the introduction kind of, the introduction, that first five seconds guarantees whether you're going to get another 30 seconds or a couple of minutes or not. So that has right. to be done well. Conversations, like you said, you know, maybe start with really easy questions first just to kind of get the ball rolling. People probably will be still a little standoffish perhaps at the beginning. So you get the right questions in the right order. You can get them kind of to open up, make the conversation kind of fun and interesting for them. And now they relax. They're willing to open up, tell you more. I want to encourage everyone to think about something that in the process you just mentioned. None of this was about pulling out a club and beating someone over the head and taking money from them, right? Right. <laughs> that wasn't what this was. This was uh, like, and, you know, it's not a robbery. It's not a robbery. It's supposed to create a win-win-win relationship. And so that's really, again, you have to acknowledge that kind of like, kind of like a tree in a forest, you know, if you've got a, if you're a mango tree in the forest, not everyone's going to eat your fruit, but you're trying to make the best mangoes possible. So when someone comes along that does eat mangoes, 
they're going to go crazy for yours versus some other trees because your mango seed has your seed in it that'll help you go, you know, get your tree, your, your saplings planted somewhere else. I think that's really important. Like everybody wants to do business with everybody and you have to understand some of this is based on market research, you know, like just, you will become more attracted by doing what you do better and be, having clear conversations with people. So, and I like your invitation to buy. You didn't ask them to buy, but you invited them. And I think it's, they say, you know, invite people to try, not buy, you know, invite them to try. Well, let's do this. Let's, you know, let's do this. It's a six month thing, but let's just get the first part going. Let's get the first payment in, you know, let's take the first step. It's not so scary. Let's just, you know, why don't you, why don't you try it out? I think that's a really nice way to put it. Oh yeah. You will not believe the number of conversations I have with just getting people to get over their nerves and their fear of taking that next step. And it, sometimes it sounds like it's a money thing or a time thing, but that the crux of it is I'm nervous about doing this. I'm nervous about, will I do the work? Will I show up? Will it work for me this time or whatever the case may be? So I have, I have quite a few of those conversations. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> like you said, mm -hmm. let's just get through this first step. And then once they get to that point, like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But mm. you know, I can't let it, like you said earlier, it's not about me. So if I took it personally or I made it about me, then I would lose people. But I just remind them, this is what you said you wanted. Here's what we're gonna do. Don't worry, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I won't leave you hanging, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And just reassuring them that, you know, taking that first step, let's just get through the first call. It's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Then you'll start to really see those those transitions um and that transformation is really yeah awesome. stern but loving parent yes <laughs> that's why the questions are so important at the beginning because you can save a lot of time by disqualifying people like that's the thing is as much as you want to get a sale you also want to stop wasting your time on people that aren't ready and so you're going to do that with the questions in the beginning because Absolutely. you know like you said when you've got when you got the right person and you have the right offer for them and it's the right timing and they can afford it you know it's there's, there is, there's a critical moment there. It's like, it's an intimate thing. It's like, there's the moment where it's, you know, I always say the two most difficult human interactions are ours to get someone to have, give you their money and get someone to have sex with you because there's like a high degree of trust that goes into both interactions. People will flatter you all day long. People will like look at your thing, but when it's, there's a commitment involved, right? Some sort of emotional and personal life commitment. I feel like those are kind of two epic moments. There might be others, but generally speaking, the people get it's like at the same scale. And we all know people that are both easy with both, but most people aren't, right? Most people are very conservative or at least um, intentional with these things. There's a lot, mm -hmm. of, lot of ramifications that can happen from both. And so you have to understand that when everything is, you know, right, people, it's, people in the moment, sometimes they're like, am I really in the moment? Is this really, you know, is everything real? Am I rushing ahead? And if you're gonna spend all that time talking to people, again, you don't wanna work so hard to get someone there and have it be a mismatch. So the question part at the beginning is really important. Okay. Now you, you have a, you have a, um, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm fumbling over my words. You have a, like you review people's sales guides or, or conversation guides. Isn't that accurate? You've got like a, a process that you put people through? Yes, I do and I love it. <laughs> so in addition to doing the audits, I can review um, your guide. Um, and I call them conversation guides because no one likes scripts. Like they do, uh, the guide allows you to be you and be free. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so um, if people head over to convoguidereview.com, that's convo, short for conversation, guidereview.com, 
um, they can send in their conversation guides and I'll review them. They need to use for your community, Daryl. They have to use your name, though, as a special code. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, go ahead. So put in Daryl, my D-A-R-Y-L, but D-A-R-R-Y-L or D-A-R-R-E-L-L will all probably work anyways. And really what matters is to get someone to take a look at it because, you know, you might be so close to it. It could be really important to just have a quick review and a quick way to tweak it that one will save your time because you might be asking a question five minutes into the conversation that might be okay to ask right away. You know, and so um, definitely go check it out. So what was it? It was Convo Guide Review Review dot com. That's right. C O N V O G U I D E R E V I E W dot com. Go there, check it out. Put in Daryl. Get your conversation guide reviewed. Now, are there any other big mistakes that you see a lot of your clients making that prevent them, or 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 on the flip side of that, habits that some of your most successful clients have? One is the follow-up one two there's the follow-up because just because people didn't say yes today don't doesn't mean they won't say yes tomorrow Mm -hmm. or at some point in the future so what is your nurture relationship building whatever you want to call it process that you have in place and two is asking for referrals like people who've had Mm -hmm. an amazing experience with you a lot of times you hear the saying birds of a feather flock together like how many of them also know amazing potential clients for you And so remember to ask for referrals and have a process in place for that too, whether you automate it and however you decide to reward people for that. Um, I think those are really two key pieces that a lot of times we forget and overlook in business. Mm. So yes, people don't buy when you're ready to sell. They buy when the timing is right for them. So -hmm. that's where autoresponders, and a lot of people may or may not have been aware of this, but autoresponders, in my personal opinion, are one of the most incredible breakthroughs for a business in the business world, you know, and it's such a simple tool. And I don't mean the auto reply function where, you know, you're on vacation and so when you get an email, it spits one back saying, hey, I'll be back on the 27th. Not those auto office replies. I'm talking about an auto responder, email marketing. When you can write a year's worth of emails and you can have it scheduled to go out every day, every other day, every five days, because mm-hmm. you really hit the nail on the head. It's not necessarily about trying to sell through the email. It's about staying in touch and building a relationship and just informing the person of what's new with you. I mean, that's kind of what social media is all about. You build a list, you know, and people that list is your following and it's your friends and family, right? And then you just update them with what's going on in your life. You jump in from time to time and interact with them on what's going on in their life. That's why social media is, that's what's made social media so powerful is it's allowed you to nurture social relationships at scale, where typically you can only keep 100, 150 people in your head, you know, at any given time. Now you escape, you're possible of having thousands of relationships and you have a digital scrapbook of your interaction with that person. I mean, Facebook even reminds you, right? You and Nadia have been friends for three years, you know, (laughs) share this and review all your moments together. Like that's there. And so that's the the whole point of this. And so follow-up is so easy to do, but so many people mess it up um, but you know, even if you have it wrong, the emails that you send are better than the emails that you don't send, you know? And yeah. so I think that's just a really, really, and there's an autoresponder can go on forever. Yep. Not, not only can it go on forever, there's some people that do ninja things where they'll track whether an email is opened or not. And if the email's not opened, they just send it again, like a month or two later with a different subject line because they never opened it. So it's not mm-hmm. like you even need to write a whole new email. And again, it's about staying in front of the prospect. And, um, you know, and so the, like you said, birds of a feather flock together, friends for a reason, friends for a season, 
friends for life. So this is where having segmented lists are important. The friends for a reason thing is important. So if they uh, came onto your list because of a giveaway, they're your friend for the reason of getting and winning free stuff. So that's typically you're going to get the best response by talking about that thing. Hey, win this free, get this free in that category, right? Like if you're offering free gun supply, you know, free whatever, clips and I don't even know, magazines and whatever, free scopes for rifles, don't start offering like My Little Pony giveaways, right? Like that's not, you're going to lose right. them, right? So keep it on point. And friends, for a reason, if they came in for an ebook on solving this pain point, this problem, on addressing this issue, keep the conversation on that relevance in your topic. I think that's really important. This call is about sales. If I started talking about, I don't even know what, ballet, I'm probably going to lose people. Some people might be interested because they'd be, why is Daryl talking about, you know, out of just sadistic curiosity. Um, but keep it relevant and follow up, stay in front of them, and then have a call to action. Have a reason why to engage. I think yeah. that's a really powerful thing. I've, I, I, and I'm beating my drum, but I've, I've been present and I've had experienced it myself. I actually just made a thousand dollars what a month ago, off a guy that was a customer, six years ago, six seven years ago. When I had my mm -hmm. martial arts school, he was a student, spent about a thousand dollars with me, and then six seven years later, bought a thousand dollar business product. Wow. You know, and it was like, it, I mean, it was just I had him on an email list. It's, I mean, it was that simple. Seven years later, that's a thousand dollars I wouldn't have made if yeah. I hadn't have built that list. Yeah, and maintain a relationship. Yeah, it's powerful. It's so powerful. So, and you never know who's listening. That's the opposite. It's not even so much who you know; it's who knows you. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's it's a weird it's a weird thing because you may not know who's paying attention, who isn't. Very true. I've had similar experiences where people, I'm like. You are, you're on my, first of all, you're on my list and you're, you what? And like you said, you're like you're some of the easiest sales because when they're ready, just pick up the phone. It's like, hey, this is what I want. Like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, great. Let's do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was years of emails and relationship building. And it didn't That's happen right. overnight. So. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so you really got to be all about it. Whatever it is that you're in, you know, you got to be about, about that. You maybe you'll change, maybe it'll morph and form, but you kind of got to be. That's where having a mission is so important because the product or service that you're delivering might change, but the mission can stay the same. You know, it just you're you're achieving that mission in the same format, and that's a way to have um, like a transferable list. If you build a list around a topic, that's a way to keep them with you, so to speak. I know a lot of people that'll build a following or a list on a topic, and then they're like, "I'm now going to become the world's greatest dating." guru you know and then it's like but they built this list off of you know like whatever uh something completely unrelated and so some people stay with them because of who it is you know because if they're like true fans but uh you know just have a higher power mission you're not just in the business of you know you don't just sell shoes you know you're helping reduce back pain alleviate stress and help people show up dressed to impress you know, and able to be on their feet all day, every day, so they can perform their best and help make this world a better place. I mean, it's it's really easy to try to find more meaning in, in, in what seems to be a mundane thing or even a commodity. And you'll have way, I mean, if you had a shoe store and your mission was to empower people to live better lives, to show up at their best, and that's just through giving them shoes that are going to be comfortable, that they can walk in for, you know, for hours or stand on their feet for hours of the day. Like, that's the beginning. But now if you transition to something else, it can still have the same mission. You know, you can get on the phone with someone, hey, 
hey sally hey yeah i know that's me the shoe guy yeah but i'm not doing shoes anymore right now what i'm doing is i've got a health and fitness thing and you know i bought sold you those high heels with the arch support and all this stuff well guess what i got something else that's going to make you your, you know help you even more i know you got back pain this is going to be like it's the same theme yeah yeah so, that's good so all right is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? I feel like this has been really like a meaty call, a really meaty call. Is there anything else? Yeah, really yummy. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> mm. Mm. No, it's good for me. I, I enjoy these calls so much. I just, I, I'm in it to help people live better lives and helps me, reminds me of stuff I need to do. I'm going to do your 100, your 100 uh, conversation challenge. It just, Yay. I think everyone in this call needs to get on that challenge. And if you're not sure what you're going to say on that call, Go to convoguidereview.com and uh, get Nadia to take a look at it before. If you're nervous about hopping on for the hundred calls and not being clear, just get in touch. You know, get in touch. Say, hey, this is what I'm thinking of talking about. It'll make it easier for you. And then go do those hundred conversations. Doesn't matter what stage of business you're at. Listening to this, I think your business can only be helped by the business owner. And if you can't do those hundred conversations because there's other things oh i can't i have to do the cleaning i've got these contracts and i well then you now know that you need to build a team that your business is a bottleneck and that's oh there's always a, a sacred knowledge bottleneck that prevents businesses from growing and that's where only one person can do the work or has the knowledge to get the work done which limits and and hits we did an interview another interview with uh, liam martin who owns timedoctor.com and staff.com s-t-a-f-f.com helps enterprises, staff, and they said that at every point, once a business has figured out the sales and the marketing and product development, there are predictable points. You may be a great interview for people to listen to if they're in this situation, but there are predictable points. It's like one to 20 employees, 50 employees, 150 employees, bottlenecks where they hit, where it's because they've developed a sacred knowledge problem where they're not creating the documentation and training programs that they need so they can get more hands, like more oars in the water to row more hands on deck. So if you can't, that's why I love this challenge so much. Everyone here, next 30 days, have 100 conversations. Even if you're going to get 100 no's, have 100 conversations with your sales prospects. Not five, not 10. Have 100 conversations. That'll help you with your lead gen. It'll help you with lead quality. It'll help you improve all your sales processes. And if you're unable to do that because you're tied up doing the work, it's going to get your eyes on, hey, how do you get out of doing that work and get an assistant or someone else that can come in and help you so you can have those 100 conversations because that is where the value is. That's where the most value is, is talking to the prospects so you can keep adjusting your product or service to fit their need. I think that's great. So 100 conversation challenge, convo guide, uh, guide or guides? Combo guide, singular. Guide. Guidereview.com. Right. <laughs> no S. Perfect. And Nadia, was there anything else I, I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? Nope. I think we covered it all for today. That's awesome. So Nadia, thank you so much for coming back and sharing with our audience for a second time. It's an honor and a pleasure. And I always enjoy chatting with you so much. And again, for those listening, you may want to go back and listen to this again with a paper and pen if you didn't already. Um, just a lot of really great tips here. Fundamental stuff, but I mean, the fundamentals are fundamental for a reason. And uh, virtuosity is doing the common uncommonly well. So if any of this seemed basic to anyone here, are you world-class at it? Because if not, you know, then you're already missing something. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. 
First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.